This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Sophia Chang. How's it going? I am good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. So uh, let's just go back in time. Uh, how'd, you, how'd you get started originally just doing artwork? Um, I was an only child and <laughs> I was really bored all the time and we didn't even have cable. I had very pretty strict Asian parents, so school, school, school all the time. Um, but yeah, it was just honestly boredom and I'm sure I had ADD when I was growing up, lots of energy and drawing was just what I had available to keep myself entertained. So I've been drawing for as long as I can remember just to honestly ease my mind because my, you know, didn't have much going on. Um, and so, you know, I actually started to pursue, well, I always had this dream when I was throughout elementary school, I wanted to become a fashion designer. I would have one of those black and white med notebooks all the time. I was that kid and always had these drawings in it. I guess you would call it a sketchbook. Um, and then when I actually had to apply for colleges, uh, my, my parents, my dad comes from a family of engineers, so there's a lot of pressure there, and typically for Asian Americans or Asian period, it's always like be a doctor or a lawyer. And so um, I actually didn't get into a lot of schools except art schools, ironically. Um, and so, you know, it was through uh, my undergrad years at Parsons School of Design where I actually learned about the professional side of, of the creative fields and what's available. Like, you can actually build an entire career from drawing, you know, like, if I like doodles, cool, dope, but like, you can actually put it on tote bags, you can do it for advertising, you can design book covers, like, and you just start to see this whole world, your, the world around you in a completely different scope, especially growing up in New York City, where there's just like images and ads everywhere. You're like, damn, like I could actually make that. I could, and I grew up loving sneakers and streetwear. So there's a lot of um, kind of cross, crisscross between, uh, you know, street art, art, graffiti, growing up taking the train all the time. And it was just this colorful, lively place. And I felt like there was a space for me in that. Yeah, yeah. Now I know you went to college too. Do you think, um, like, do you think college is the right fit for artists? Well, Parsons. Let me tell you this. Parsons was a private school. It was extremely yeah. expensive, and there was a ton of very rich kids who were in the school who were really just looking for the easy way out because mom and dad have money; they don't have to worry about it anyways. And everyone has this dream of being a fashion designer. Um, granted, I don't think everyone is cut out for school. I know that if I, um, you know, probably followed what my parents wanted me to do, like become a doctor or lawyer, I'd be really bad at it and completely fail in that arena. I think so. Like I just, I'm not wired that way. It's just not who I am. And, you know, I, I have a lot of um, peers that fell into the pressure of what their parents wanted them to do. And they're quite frankly, a lot of times unhappy when they get into their late 20s, early 30s, um, because it's not where their heart is, and they're just this grown robot going into work every day. Um, but, you know, if, if there is anyone who's listening that's interested in pursuing the creative arts, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business. So you can be a, a, a doctor, lawyer, you can be an accountant, you can be a small business, uh, you're more so a small business owner than anything, but you need to get your hustle and your business right. So you need to understand, you can be a great artist, that's your product, 
that's your service. But at the end of the day, do you know how to talk to clients? Do you know about client acquisition? Do you know about your, you know, your customers and your audience? Or do you have your branding straight um, digitally on social? If you have a podcast, you know, like, uh, like all that kind of stuff, you have to have that in place. You have to have your ducks in a row and you have to come for it, you know? And if you don't, there's a reason why you'll be falling behind behind um, some of your competitors. So it's not just, oh, being an artist, getting an education. That's like, just like the first quarter of it. <laughs> so much yeah. more. You know, it's the first beginning. This is a baseball thing. But yeah, it's, there's, a, there's a lot more to it. And yeah. um, a lot of it is also just like, not failure, but just making your share of mistakes and making sure you're smart and learning from it as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like I had a kid doing some graphic designs for me that was like 18 and I was just, and he was talking about college and I was just like, like, I don't think you need to go to college if you could already do stuff like this and, you know, you could go yeah. intern at a place and work your way up. You can do school of YouTube. You can do plenty yeah. of internships. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, um, I, I learned a lot from my internships. I learned a ton from my yeah. internships that I didn't learn in school with my professors, but I also had amazing access because of college so i was in the library all day every day i was in the library reading these books these art libraries these art books that i typically probably wouldn't have access to if i just went to my local library or you know barnes and noble and whatever but there was that um and what else is there Uh, equipment the schools have really good like technical equipment that i may not have been able to afford on my own and mm-hmm. so that allowed me to explore and just like mess with different things a lot more. So I had to make sure I know every single, every single day, every single hour that I had within four years of undergrad, I made sure I was not idle. I wasn't like mm-hmm. fucking around at college parties doing any of that. I was like, no, nah, you guys can do that. I'm out here trying to win because when I graduate, I'm competing for the same trips as everyone else. And I was lucky enough where my parents were able to support me. So I'm like, I have to make something out of myself. Failure is not an option. So y'all go do what you want to do. I'm going to stay focused. So, yeah. yeah. Where, where, yeah, where does that like motivation come from? Um, I think there's, uh, I think that, you know, definitely yeah. being around your peers, seeing what they're doing. Um, I think a lot of it too, is just, just heart and passion and creativity. You know, like I said, I, I saw a place for myself when I started to see the world around me a little bit different when it came to the creative arts as a professional field. Um, and I was really open to learning. So the internships allowed me to learn a lot as far as what I wanted to do, what I didn't want to do. So I interned with a fine artist. I interned at Complex Magazine, Complex Media, designing. I learned how to design magazines because of an internship. And it's literally internships are so key because it's, it's like a classic teacher man how to fish and they'll eat for the rest of their lives. Like through my internships, I learned how to design websites. I learned how to design magazines. I have a seven year long publication that I'm still working on because of those skills that I acquired. Um, and I think a lot of it is just a New York hustle and probably sprinkle some ADD in there too. It's like, why stay still? when you can keep moving, you know, I have this mentality and I've always been this way of like, I want to go to sleep every day knowing that I made mo- the most out of every day, whether it's, even if I'm hanging out on the couch, relaxing, I know that's me winding down, resetting for what I'm going to be accomplishing for the week, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just being in New York as well, like everyone's just trying to one up each other and 
I find it to be healthy and I like to be around people who are constantly raising bars and mm. I, I'm always looking to raise my own bar. I think there's that I enjoy that challenge and you know I want to be able to just like how other people have inspired me to raise my own bar I want to be able to inspire others and so it's just like this really cool ecosystem and cyclical situation where but it's not even like raising each other's bar we're also just cheering each other on as well like mm-hmm. um my my health and wellness publication called undo ordinary you know got me kind of helped me carve out the health and wellness voice within the creative industry and you know if you've ever been to a marathon or cheered on a friend that went to a marathon you're just cheering strangers on for competing and doing these amazing things and um i think that's that's what i enjoy the most out of it just the hustle of it gotcha um yeah going back to what you were discussing before like business like how did you know or like how did you figure out to you know, start your own business, like get LLCs, like do your taxes, get everything like that? Um, I mean, that was pretty organic. So, you know, I interned all throughout college. I also worked. And then when you graduate, you're just out here trying to win with everyone else. Um, mm-hmm. so it was competitive. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you're exploring LLCs, you're exploring S corps to see what fits for you. Everyone has an LLC, so they just assume an LLC. Um, and, you know, a lot of it is just educating yourself, talking to other people. I mean, you might have friends, have friends that studied or majored in accounting. So can you tell me how I should be setting up my business, right? Like, yeah. and then they'll ask you a little bit about your business and help you figure out what, what works best. And sometimes people lead you in the wrong direction and you're just going to have to take the L on that and figure it out from there. But um, it's, it's, all, it's all an entire learning experience. And I think a lot of people act like sheep and they just gravitate towards an LLC because they think that's what you need to see. But, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of options out there for different purposes, um, depending on the size of your business as well. If you start growing and you start having to pay other people, is it payroll? Is it W-9? Like, you got to know all this stuff. That's why I was like, being able to draw and do cute stuff like that is just the beginning. You have yeah. to learn to run a business. Yeah. I think that might be the problem too sometimes just because I, I think people just don't know how to do it. Like they know how to do the design part. No one knew how to do it. No one. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, I know. Like, that's that's the thing I, that's that people I, get. Like this shit, this shit doesn't just pop up in your head. Yeah. You don't just know. If yeah. you're lucky if you grew up with parents that are in that who are maybe small business owners themselves so you may have watched them struggle and figure out how they did stuff but no one knows you have mm-hmm. to figure all of this out i have to apply for a sales license or tax whatever i was like a sales tax thing in different states and i was like i didn't know you needed to do that it's like yep government wants to take a little bit of everything you make and you got to make sure you're yeah. registered so yeah you learn as you go yeah, definitely. That's why, that's why, uh, like I watched some of your other interviews and I can just like relate to some stuff. Uh, and especially when you were talking about, um, your, your, when people ask you like what you do, you were like, I, I, it's hard to tell them or stuff like that. Cause then you don't know, they don't understand it. And that's how I feel like all the time. So like, I don't even, sometimes I don't even tell people anymore. I don't even feel like explaining it. Yeah. But that's also bad too. Like, very stressful and then before you know you're thinking about all of it in your head and you haven't said anything for like 30 seconds and you're like now this is even more awkward so yeah oh yeah i saw you did a ted talk too how did how did that come about um honestly i just got hit up with that opportunity it was really cool it was very intimidating because obviously it's ted 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really exciting. I, I honestly started doing public speaking very early on in my career when I, you know, shortly after I graduated. But the weird thing is I hated doing that. And I was always very, very self-conscious and very uncomfortable with it growing up from, you know, within, within an academic space. I think I just got over it when I realized I have to stop trying to talk like a public speaker, like other people. I just have to be myself. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like, you know, when you're growing up and you're doing public speaking, you have to stand in front of a classroom. You're like, you hear people saying, um, 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 and you hear them saying like, 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 and then you hear them, I don't know, looking down at the paper. And then, and then you think of like, the, you say you have this list of all the things you don't want to do, which is that. Mm-hmm. And then you have the list of things you do want to do as in keep looking at the audience, um, stand up straight, imagine if they were naked or something like that. You know, there's all this stuff. And then when you're on stage, you're almost too busy thinking about all those things instead of actually delivering your message. So I think one day, I think a lot of it is also just like, I have an attitude where I'm just like, fuck it, let's just do it. Like throw me in the shark tank, I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how I got into public speaking, which is just like, no matter what, I I think I'll figure it out. Like I know I'm an intelligent enough person where just throw me in there, I'll figure it out. And so um, I got into it, I got more comfortable with it. And of course, the TED opportunity came along a few years after. Um, and it was great. And, and it was such a cool experience because a lot of the people who spoke at the specific TED Talk that I was at, um, they came from a lot of different backgrounds. So there were engineers, there were, there were like neuroscience people, there was Jim the NC, who's a very well-known um, Asian-American rapper who was signed to Rough Riders shortly for a period of time. That was really cool. They had um, people who were professional uh, uh, online gaming um, sportscasters in a way. And it was very, very diverse. And what I found the most intriguing from that experience was that the common thread between everyone was that we were all very passionate. We were, no matter what, we were passionate about our work and our respective field. It's not like, oh, the engineer is any better than the artist or any better than the rapper, but we were just such passionate people um, in our craft, in our industry, that that was one of the biggest reasons why we became you know, successful in our respective fields. And then going back to designing, like what is, I know it's kind of big, but like what's your process when designing something? Um, For the, I mean, for the cards, I definitely do a lot of research ahead of time because sometimes, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm not, I don't come from the baseball community. So a lot of times I don't actually really know what each player might be about. And so, yeah. Uh, you know, I got to make sure I do my research, learn about the player, learn about the team, learn about that period of time that they played and what they're most notable for for each card. Um, and so I kind of just jot down a lot of notes and then I just start drawing. I start seeing if there's different phrases, quotes, icons that can help feed into, um, you know, whatever it is that they're, they're uh, most well known for. And I draw everything out, I scan it, and then I kind of start composing everything um, all together. Gotcha. Um, what, what about, what was your, like, what was your, like, breakthrough project? Um, I think the biggest one, just being a regular girl from Queens, not really knowing anyone or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, my project with Anthony Bourdain really helped put me on the map. So, 
uh, when no reservations were still around, I was actually hired by Travel Channel to watch all the episodes beforehand and actually create a specific poster illustration for each episode, which then they would uh, release on Facebook and the community groups and people could actually enter a chance to win a poster. Um, some of them were actually signed by Anthony Bourdain himself. That's dope. So this, this happened like 2011. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, then going to the uh, Tops 2020 project, uh, how'd you get selected for that? Honestly, I have no idea. They just hit me up and I was like, yeah, sure, I'm down. (laughs) Sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you just, but you know what? One thing I have learned is the streets are always watching. You have to be mindful of how you move, how you present yourself. Like you never know who's going to call. The reason why they called you is because they've studied you, they reviewed your work. You know what I mean? It's not like... Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of like a, a chicken before the egg situation. So it's like continue to just do great work, stay focused, be vocal, you know, make sure your presence is known and it resonates with the type of work that you want to get and it'll come. Right. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you get rough months too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which, uh, which card are you working on now? Um, I've got a couple Mets players coming up. Okay. Cool. Which I'm really excited about because I'm from Queens, New York. So mm-hmm. I grew up um, riding the seven train right by Shea Stadium all the time. So um, I still call it Shea Stadium. I refuse to call it City Field. But yeah, um, yeah. so I'm really excited to work on that because um, it's going to be my ninth card. And definitely everyone from my hometown has been like, what are you putting out a mess card? Like, what the hell? So everyone's, everyone's like. What about, I know it's kind of hard, but which one has been your favorite so far that you designed? So far, um, I, I like all of them. They all have a story. That's the coolest part. They've all had their own stories, their own challenges, their own, you know, um, I have to be in the headspace of a story and telling a story. So they're all a little bit different. I think Mariano Rivera was my first one. And that one was also the most difficult one creatively. Cause you know, the original card that I had to, the rookie card that I had to work with, it had nothing about baseball yeah. on it. Yeah. He wasn't wearing a bat. He wasn't doing, he was standing under the, the field, the, the baseball stadium or something. He's wearing these, very loose slacks that don't fit his body and i'm just this was my first card the first file i'm like hey i'm gonna work on top 2020 now great i open the file and i'm like oh my god what am i supposed to do with this and so you know we we pitched the i pitched them uh, just to make sure they were okay with it tops um to see if i can put him in the yankees jersey since that's what he's most well known for and obviously the community loved that which i thought was really cool um so that was like i think the biggest win um, I personally aesthetically love Bob Gibson. I think the original template that I worked with was really cool. I, I, maybe it's the colors. I love that it was kind of a circle die cut. And I just felt like from a, gra- a retro vintage mm-hmm. graphic design perspective, it was really cool. Um, Ichiro was also fun as well. Uh, that one took me the longest time-wise. I, I don't know why. It took me a very long time and that will... Hopefully, I'll never have to work on something that takes that long. And then Mike Trout, which is my most recent one, that one had the most stuff. There was just so much stuff yeah. in there. 
um, and also it launched right before July 4th weekend. So, and you know, the angels colors are also uh, blue or that specific card had blue, navy, red and white. It was very American and, you know, just wanted to give it that bit of love. July 4th, my trout, angels team um and just kind of see how it goes so i'm, I'm just excited for for the rest of um the year and then uh i have a couple mets players left to do so it'll be really exciting to see how i can play with the colorways to be able to um i guess bring out like the mets and, and yankees um personalities from within within each card design gotcha is there any is there any uh, that you're excited to do other than those two no. <laughs> so how how do they how do they how do they how do they tell you which ones to do? Like it just random. They just tell you. They just tell you like every few weeks. They'll be like, "Oh, hey, it's this, this, and this," and I'm like, "Okay," and then I work on it. So how many? Yeah, how many like weeks do you get to work on it or days? Um, I think like every month. It's 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 every month. You know, sometimes I'll randomly just get an email that's like, "Hey, here are your next few cards," and they're due. The artwork is due this date, and it's releasing this date, and I'll be like, "Oh, okay." So it's, it's super chill and I'm, I'm, you know, I, I actually like working on them in different stints rather yeah. than all out at once. Yeah. Has it, has it, has it got overwhelming yet? Um, because I know you started signing cards and then I seen, uh, like I listen to Ben Baller's podcast and he's just like, he's just like, uh, stressing out over it. You know, I've got a good assembly line. I've got, mm -hmm. you know, a summer intern. I've got a project manager that's been helping me with the entire Tops project. And it's been freaking awesome. Like, yeah, it's a lot, mm -hmm. but it's also really fun. And I genuinely, you know, I'm, in, I'm, I'm involved in this project more so any, than anything as an artist. So mm -hmm. when Tops first hit me up, I was just so psyched to work on a body of work, like an entire thesis of 20 different illustrations that I'm going to work on. I'm like, shit, this is awesome. Like it was just a cool prompt. So I know that the scope of things have evolved with the market and the signatures. I mean, I'm also in the discord channels and the Facebook groups and it's, it's really new to me and you know, the fans and I wouldn't even, I mean, obviously they're fans, but there's a community there. And um, I think we have one of the most in, like highest engagement of discord channels within the entire project 2020 artists group. Um, and it's just dope. Like, I think people just need something to look forward to, you know, like a lot of mm -hmm. us are struggling, like a lot of people here nowadays because of the pandemic, the sports was already a really big part of um, their lives. Like my husband, we wake up, I wake up to sports center every morning, every morning, Stephen A. Smith is yelling about something. <laughs> Um, you know, and then the other day I, I caught him watching football and I was like, Oh, is football back on? Cause I wasn't paying attention. He's like, no, this is a rerun. Like he was, he just like missed his sports. He's a big sports person. So I understand that like there's the baseball card community, there's the collector hobby community, but just people who love sports and they miss it. And it's, you know, 20 bucks is a pretty good entry point. And I think people are just excited to have community to resonate with not to mention you know there's probably good resale value and stuff like that within that as well but um it's just exciting to be able to be a part of that and meet and actually have a chance to talk to people who are fans of my work and they i have an ama channel they ask me 
lots of questions about how I work. They have kids, they want to get their kids into drawing or all this stuff. So it's been really cool to be able to have that opportunity to really connect with, with um, you know, people who not only love my work, but they fully support it, which I'm extremely grateful for. Yeah, actually, yeah, I think out of your cards, I think the Mariano one is my favorite, but I like the Mike Trout one a lot too. And that, that was definitely dope because I live with a lot of uh, kids from New Jersey and you put the New Jersey thing. So I know if he saw that, I don't know if he saw it yet, but he'll, he'll be pumped about that. I mean, look, everyone, everyone's proud of where they come from. Yeah. You know, like New Yorkers definitely more than ever. I've got so much love for New York. I actually had Queens tattooed on my oh, yeah. wrist as well. So you definitely always want to rep where you're from. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important. But definitely with Mike Trout, you know, when I was doing research on him, it was it was a big thing that he came from Millville, New Jersey, and I just wanted to make sure that that was that was known, that was a part of his story. And I actually put the zip code for Millville, New Jersey, in the car design as well, just just for people to mm-hmm. know, like it's like a hey, here's where I'm from, here's 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 the zip code I rep. So yeah, I don't think I, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah, that's the fun part. It's a little something for everyone, like yeah. for the general masses, people who are, you know, specifically my trout nerds or fans of his. Um, and that's uh, that's what I really love about the illustrations that I do, whether it's for Toss or other projects. It's, I think what you know, the, the baseball card community calls the Easter egg. If you know, you know, kind of thing. And uh, I've always appreciated that. Yeah. Did you think it was going to take off like it has? No, I had no idea. I just thought I was going to make these cute. I was just excited to work on the the project, the body of work. I had no idea. I'm extremely grateful, you know, um, especially given our our current climate of things. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm honestly, like, always looking to give back as well. So, like, right when COVID hit, and I, I teach a lot in the small business space. I do, like, online teaching. I do workshops as well in social media, branding and productivity and marketing. And um, it was a really tough time right when COVID hit. I was impacted as well, you know? Uh, So I was lucky that government money kicked in to help keep my business afloat. And so I was actually working with Square, Square Reader, um, to be able to work with their local small small business owners all around America. Their Square Reader helped be a sounding board for them in terms of where to go from here because so many small businesses were so deeply impacted and every single day counted every single day in terms of what they did was really important so um you know i think that was something that I, I, i'd love to get back into of course like financial security is really great and comfortable and important but i think i i try to make sure i'm like giving back through the, the extra time that i might have now to focus on, on supporting other people Gotcha. Um, what about when you finish all 20 cards, are you going to like put them in a frame or something? Yeah, I think so. I'm working on that. Okay. Yeah. That that be cool. All right. So these are the last ones are the average of savage questions. Are you ready? Yep. Uh, what's your favorite song right now? My favorite song. Okay. Well, I haven't really been listening to music too much, but my husband has been playing pop smoke album or something there's one of the, there's a bunch of pop smoke so i'm like i guess that one of them one of the songs sounds good one of them with the migos guys <laughs> all right i've been listening to that too um what's a who's an artist that you want to collab with uh on this project no anything oh well both how about both Armsy. 
I really, okay. really like Ernzi's stuff. Like Ernzi was is actually the main guy, which actually reminds me right now, I should check the top website. But he's like the main guy that I actually buy personal cards from. Okay, that's dope. Dude, this Don Mattingly from Fuchi is really cool too. I mean, you know, a lot of their styles are kind of similar to mine. Um, I, I love this kind of like illustri illustrative, uh, creative hand style. So um, I'd love to, I'd love to, to collab on something with them. And last one, uh, what's something people don't know about you? Hmm. Um, I was talking to my husband about it this morning. I yawn really loud. I got into just yawning really loud. I'm just like so into it. So like comfortable <laughs> leasing. So there's a fun fact. All right, I'll take it. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you at? Yeah, um, people can follow me on mainly Instagram on social. Uh, and if you want to see my latest projects, you can always check my website as well, just to get a better sense of my background and my work. Uh, it's all E-S-Y-N-A-I. Uh, I guess you can call it S-E-M-I. It's actually just my initials, S-C, phonetically. And then M-A-I is I am backwards. So it's really just I am Sophia Chain, but a uh, very reverse way of putting it together. <laughs> I got it. I, actually, I was going to ask you how to pronounce that. <laughs> yeah, S-C, like my, my initials, Sophia yeah. Chain, um, my M-A-I. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, and I look forward to the rest of your cards coming up. Awesome. Yeah, keep me, uh, keep me updated. Love to share this yeah. podcast when it comes out as well. Yeah, for sure.